Hello Detroit, hello Pistons fans, this is the Sports Ethos Pistons Podcast. I'm your host Joey Gadaris, with you three times a week right here on SportsEthos.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Ethos Pistons. Okay, I lied a little in the intro, I'm just practicing that. This will be an episode where we summarize the entire past week, all four games that the Pistons played. Um, so, not a perfect example of the three weekly podcast. But next time, I'm going to try and do a shorter one. And I should say, it's been a tough weekend for watching these games. Uh, four losses for the Pistons this week. They go 0-4 against good teams. Again, the Pistons are just getting really unlucky with their schedule. I mean, they're not good, but they're also getting very unlucky with their schedule. They lose to the Heat, 100-92. I think that was on Tuesday. This was a, a heartbreaker for Pistons fans. They go into the fourth quarter leading by nine. And yeah, they lose by eight. So a big swing in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that. Uh, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Pistons lose 114-93 to to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the second time the Bucks have blown us out this year. It's the second time Giannis has looked like the best player in the world. They're, they won the championship last year. They're really, really good, and they were way too good for the Pistons on the eve of Thanksgiving. Coming back from Thanksgiving, we played the Clippers on Friday. It was also the return of Isaiah Stewart, so that is a positive note. However, the Pistons do lose 107-96. And then yesterday, on Sunday, November 28th, the Pistons lose their second matchup of the year with the Lakers, 110-106. This was the rematch of Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James from just a week ago when the Pistons played last Sunday and, of course, the now infamous dust-up that Isaiah doesn't want to talk about anymore. Evidently, LeBron wants to move on from it. LeBron was amazing in this game, as was Anthony Davis, as was Russell Westbrook. The Lakers had too much firepower for the Pistons, who do fight back late and ultimately only lose by four. So we're going to talk about these games and, you know, pull out some bright spots if there were any. Talk about some low spots. Um, it feels like there were certainly more low spots this week than than bright spots. And it was really t- tough to watch the games. Uh, in part because of the holiday and just having plans and having to do stuff. And, you know, the the Clippers game was a Friday afternoon game. I completely missed it. I had to go back and watch it. But, um, yeah, you know early dog days of the season here, especially considering how beat up we were. Now we've sort of regained our depth and our health in the form of Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes coming back. Um, but let's start with the Heat game and start with, I don't know, maybe some some lowlights from this game. Heat win at 192. As I said, the Pistons are winning by nine heading into the fourth quarter. They ultimately lose by eight. And in the fourth quarter, the Heat out-rebound the Pistons 16-5. to They shoot 60%. The Pistons shoot 30%. The Pistons make zero threes and the Heat make four. And in a game that's, you know, close in the fourth quarter, we obviously, we, we all turn our gaze to Cade Cunningham and say, all right, young man, 
take the ball, you know, put it in the hoop. Cade couldn't do that in this quarter. 0 of 4 from 3, and that was all That was all she wrote. Those are the only shots he took. So we didn't get the typical 2 or 3 drives into the paint, crafty maneuvers from Cade. We know he can do it. He didn't do it here. And I do attribute it partly to the Heat being a really savvy, crafty defensive team. They're able to switch up to a zone really easily. And it threw us off in the fourth quarter. Cade didn't have his usual lane to the hoop. Um, and the Pistons, if they didn't make a shot in the fourth, they weren't getting that rebound. He did a great job of keeping the Pistons away from the hoop. I don't know why it took him so long to figure it out, but... Oh, okay, wait. I have to tell you this joke. The Heat took the motorcade to AutoZone. Okay, so now we're back. Yeah, but no, Cade, Cade had maybe his worst game. Uh, six points, three rebounds, six assists, and a steal. 20% shooting with a three. But yeah, not good. Um, who was good? Mm, not much. Hamadou and Frank were okay. Hamadou had 10 points on 71% shooting. He did have a really big block that I should mention, nearly hitting his head on the backboard. I, I continue to be impressed by you know the 15-minute shifts that Hamadou puts in. He's high energy. He offers very obvious athleticism. Um, and as long as he's not jacking up a ton of jump shots, I love him out there, and I want him doing exactly what he did here, 10-2-1 with the block, 71% shooting. Frank Jackson had three threes on 42% for 13 points. That's a good game from Frank. It's not great. It's good. And yeah, I mean, the, the top performers for the Pistons were Jeremy Grant and Corey Joseph. Jeremy Grant shoots 35% but has three steals and eight of nine from the line. Corey Joseph, nine assists and three steals. So those steals are going to boost those guys in terms of, you know, giving them good stat lines. Um, it also kind of felt like Corey Joseph had a had a beef with uh, Kyle Lowry. He wanted to show out against his former teammate. So, yeah, that's that's that. We're going to move on from the Heat game. We're going to talk about the Bucks and the Pistons on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. The Bucks dominate the Pistons again, 114 to 93. And really it was, you know, the first quarter, the Bucks got out to a 0 to 14 lead straight away. Giannis with 12 points in the first quarter, Bobby Portis with 9 points. And, you know, it was really tough to see uh, that 14 nothing lead. Casey takes a timeout. And it's Trey Lyles, Hamadou Diallo, and Sabin Lee who stem the bleeding a little bit in that first quarter. And ultimately, the Pistons make it to the third quarter still down 14. So it doesn't, you know, it could have been on a trajectory of a million to zero. So to make it to the fourth quarter and you're still down by only 14, you know, shows some fight. But yeah, it was never close again. And when we look at the box score, Pistons shoot 36%, 25% from three, 73% from the line. And the Bucks shoot 48% from the field, 42% from three, and 88% from the line. I, you know, that's basically, that's basically the story right there. It's a bad shooting night for the Pistons, whose leading scorer in this game is, drumroll please, Trey... Lyles, Trey Lyles, 19 points, 7 rebounds, nothing else, two threes, three of three from the line, on 15 shot attempts, he shoots 46%. Um, you know, the, the Trey Lyles is a stretch five 
gang is out in full force now. Um, I don't know what to say about it other than, yeah, when a team's getting blown out, you're, you're, you're happy if any player is able to get them back into it. Um, but obviously, when your best player is Trey Lyles, you're probably a really bad team. And I need to mention also the night of Saban Lee. This was a good game from Saban, a guy who's you know typically struggling for minutes, plays 29 minutes here. He only shoots 33%. That's not good, but he has two threes for 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and importantly, four steals. So 12, five, five, and four is a really good stat line for Saban with two threes. Again, he's 33% from the field and 0 of 2 from the line. So those two things are really bad. But you love 29 minutes from Saban. You love four steals. You love five assists. Um, Cade had nine points, eight rebounds, and seven assists with no steals, no blocks. He shot 30%, two threes, one of two from the line. So uh, middling night for, for Cade. Not to have those defensive stats is disappointing. Not to reach 10 points is disappointing. And this game also saw Frank Jackson fail to hit a three for the first time in seven games. So really just, a, I guess, a come down on a lot of levels. But who expected the Pistons to beat this Bucks team? Show yourself. You're, you're a crazy man. Um, seriously, the, the Bucks beat us when we were like full strength. And now they beat us again when we weren't. So <laughs> no surprises there. But let's go on to the Friday game after Thanksgiving, the return of Isaiah Stewart against the LA Clippers in LA. It was a matinee at 2.30 game. Um, it was a tough one to watch. I, I didn't watch it live, and I kept falling asleep watching the replay. So I'm willing to admit that because, you know, this is going to be a long season, and uh, if I watched every single game live, I would uh, be sacrificing a large chunk of my life. So um, so what happened in this one? The Pistons are losing 30-18 to 18 after the first quarter. They're down by 24 at halftime. Though they do fight back a little, um, and you know they can cut that lead a little bit, they end up losing 107-96. And you know, it was a familiar narrative. In the first half, the Pistons are shooting horribly. The Clippers are shooting great. Even though the Pistons are able to limit Paul George, the superstar on the Clippers, their best player, one of the best players in the NBA, they have a deep team, deep nine-man rotation, where each guy is a threat. And Zubac and Hartenstein, their two big men, had good games. Eric Bledsoe had 15 points on 67% shooting. Reggie Jackson had 21. Terrence Mann had a good game, 16 and 10. So I came away very impressed with the depth of the Clippers. Um, the rest of their starting lineup played great, even if uh, Paul George struggled. And I think if I were to pull one thing out from this game, it would be the second half when the Pistons and the Clippers are both shooting horribly from the field. But the Pistons shoot 17 of 19 from the line, including Jeremy Grant, getting to the line seven times and making all seven. The Clippers only go to the line three times. And so that is kind of the way that the Pistons are able to fight back into this game. It's been an interesting season for Jeremy Grant's free throw shooting and particularly foul drawing. He's been really good at it. 
And over the last four games, including last night's game against the Lakers on Sunday night, the rematch with the Lakers, which I will talk about in just a moment, Jeremy is drawing six and a half foul shots a game and hitting them at a 96% rate. His season average is 83%. His season average last year was 84% on six and a half attempts. So he's right where he needs to be, if not actually improving. And ultimately, it might be the most consistent part of his game and one of the most consistent parts of the Pistons team. But if there's another thing that we can say about consistency for Jeremy Grant, it is that he loves to show out against the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, last week when we played the Lakers, we lost 121-116. It was the LeBron James-Isaiah Stewart fight game after which they were both suspended. In that game, Jeremy had 36 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal with 5 threes on 48% shooting. And in this game, last night, on November 28th, the rematch, Jeremy does it again. 32 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block with 4 threes on 55% shooting. 6 of 6 from the line. And it was the return of Killian Hayes and the return of the starting five. Um, And I thought they all looked, you know, more comfortable playing together to be reunited. Feels so good. Cade, 15 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and a block. It's his third double-double as a piston. Three threes. Still only shooting 37%, but six made shots for Cade is, is great. Second most made shots on the team. You love to see that. And the second most attempts as well. So a little bit of a return to form for Cade, who I really think enjoyed having his backcourt partner, Killian Hayes, who had six points, three rebounds, eight assists, two of four from the field, and two of two from the line. Five of those Killian Hayes assists came in the fourth quarter. Um, The Pistons went into the fourth quarter down 13, and they lose only by four. So a really good effort at a comeback here. Um, And like I said, Killian with five assists, Trey Lyles with two threes, Frank Jackson with two threes, and Cade with a three. And that's really how you come back. You hit threes, you dish them out, and you hit them. Um, Really seeing Killian's role, the importance of it, um, especially contrasted with the play of the Pistons when he was out. And Killian is now a steadying force on this team. He's played 41 professional games. He's played half of a regular season. Even though he's in his second year, right? He lost a lot of time last year to injury. So he's still very, very much a rookie in my mind. And I have so much patience for him. And I think his um, his development has been great in 41 games. He's clearly, to me, the second highest upside guy on the team. And a really good backcourt partner for Cade. So that's the thing I leave most excited about from this Lakers game. Trey Lyles shot 71% again. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block for Trey with 3 threes. Hamadou Diallo, 10 points on 57%. That's exactly what we want him to do. Yeah, it was a good showing. Frank Jackson, 3 threes again. Maybe he's back on track. It's unfortunate the Pistons can't win this one, but on the Lakers side of things, LeBron James, 33 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Four threes on 60% shooting is amazing. 
Anthony Davis, 24, 10, 2, 2 steals and 3 blocks, 67% shooting, 2 threes. That's amazing. And Russell Westbrook, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and a steal, a 3 on 63% shooting. It's going to be really hard for any team in the league to beat the Lakers when those three guys collectively shoot like 65%. And I feel that I have to bring up this Dwayne Casey quote about Trey Lyles from last night's game. He says, it was contagious when Trey made a couple shots. Everyone caught fire with him. He's smart, and people forget how young he is. He's 25. He's on the same timeline as some of our other players, which is a plus. Very interesting quote. Don't know if I agree with the timeline bit, but it is interesting that Trey Lyles is only 25. Um, He certainly plays and seems like just a boring old veteran. 25 is not exactly old. It's not exactly young. It's in the middle. But, you know, at this point, with this quote, with this recent run of play from Trey, I do feel like... This might be my one chance during the season to really break down uh, and go do a deep dive into the career of Trey Lyles. This might be the high point of his season. No offense to Trey. He's been great. He's been really good lately. So who is Trey Lyles? Once upon a time, Trey Lyles was a five-star recruit out of high school, ranked as highly as sixth in his class by ESPN. He went to Kentucky where he was a one-and-done, averaging 8.5 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, half a steal, half a block, on shooting splits of 48 from the field, 14 from 3, and 74% from the line. So there's a huge discrepancy between his 3-pointers and his 2-pointers coming out of college. He's 54% from 2 and 14% from 3, which actually, when you look at it, means he made a total of 4 3-pointers in college. Despite what I would consider slightly underwhelming statistics, he is drafted 12th overall by the Utah Jazz lottery pick uh, in 2015. And he has had a hard time sticking. He's been with Utah, Denver, and San Antonio. Finally on his fourth team in his seventh season. He's 26 years old. He is a piston. And even though Dwayne Casey might think he's on the same timeline as other players on the team. He's not progressing. I think he's playing above his head at the moment. Um, Because when we look at his career statistics and his current statistics this season with the Pistons, they're right in line. There's really nothing that stands out too much. Um, He's a career 44% shooter, 34% shooter from three, and 71% shooter from the line. This year with the Pistons, he's averaging 43% from the field, 30% from three, and 76 from the line. So... The threes are down, actually. The, the percentage from the line is up. Um, and from the field is about even. His career averages of eight points, I mean, of seven points, four rebounds, one assist, not even a half a steal, not a half a block in 17 minutes a night, are basically unchanged with the Pistons. He's averaging eight points, four rebounds, almost an assist, and super low, 0.3 and 0.2 steals and blocks. So you could actually look at this and say he's down in a couple different categories, um, but nothing is, is high volume at all. In his career, he's yet to find a team that'll let him play more than 20 minutes a night. With the Pistons, he's playing 16 minutes a night. His average is 17 minutes a night. So really, I mean, everything is right there to say that Trey Lyles is Trey Lyles. He's no better, no worse. 
Um, he's not a part of the core. He's not a part of the restoration long term. I think it's pretty straightforward. You know, he's a guy that has never impressed. It's no wonder he ends up on the Pistons on a minimum contract. And it's a bit of a surprise that in this past week, he's beginning to show something. Over the past four games, in almost 20 minutes a night, he's averaging 13.7 rebounds, half an assist, no steals, bit like maybe one block, uh, hitting nearly two threes at 56% from the field and 86% from the line. So those percentages are up. The rebounds are up. The points are up. The minutes are up. Uh, the threes are up. And these are all things that the Pistons do kind of need. Points, rebounds, threes. Um, you know, Trey is, is not an exciting source of such things, but he's giving it to them in the last week. And so, you know, as long as he's hot, I don't mind that the Pistons are riding him a little bit. This is kind of the approach they're taking. You know, they're playing a 10-man rotation. They're seeing who has the hot hand on any given night. And for it to sometimes be Trey Lyles is certainly a surprise. But it's the approach they're taking on offense. On defense, I don't think Trey has really been notable in any way. He's not able to really spell our lack of depth in the front court. He's, he's a slow-moving guy. You know, there's a reason these stats and his general on-court, you know, eye test, athleticism don't really hold up. You know, he's not a big-time defender of fives. He's, he's not. So, you know, he'll never be the answer. And I really don't think he's a part of the restoration. But I do think it is interesting to look back at his past and see that he was once a highly touted prospect, much like a lot of Troy Weaver's favorite prospects. Um, yeah, so let's look ahead and end the show. How about it? The Pistons have now lost six in a row. They play the Trailblazers tomorrow, followed by the Suns. So it's actually only a two-game week for the Pistons. And the third game next Monday, December 6th, upcoming, they play the Thunder. That should be a game they can win. The Trailblazers might be vulnerable, but they obviously have a lot of star power and um, will probably win that game. The Suns are absolutely rolling, one of the best teams in the NBA, so they expect to beat the Pistons. But the Thunder are one of these lowly rebuilding teams really young teams. So mark your calendars for December 6th against the Thunder and that Friday, December 10th against the Pelicans, another lowly team. So those are two opportunities coming up for the Pistons to get some victories and get that young core gelling again. But until next time, I'm Joey. See you later.